I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. <laughs> this is what I love about this. We don't get very far, do we? <laughs> I'd certainly keep them going all the year round. The Happy Garden! Hello, <laughs> welcome to the Happy Garden! <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not on your voice! <laughs> oh, this Molly. is the fun's over. It's not funny anymore. It's only funny once. Hi, Darren Rudge! Hello! <laughs> oh, get hello there. How are you doing, my lovely? I'm all right, thank you. Good. And you? Are you all right? Yes, well, you know. No point moaning, is there? <laughs> no. <laughs> no one's going to listen. Now, it's going to be a fabulous podcast today. We're absolutely ram-packed. This is going to be a, sort of an Apple special today, isn't it, Darren? Yeah, apples. Yeah, we have got uh, Apple Day. It is simply called Apple Day. We'll explain why and lots more a little bit later on. But Apple Day is upon us. It is the 21st of October, 2023. And we're going to be having a look at some of the events taking place right across the UK. Hearing about heritage trees and finding out why... Um, and why and if it's easy to make cider. And there's going to be a few apple facts thrown in as well. Are you a cider drinker, Darren? Oh, I like a little bit of cider, but not too much. How much is a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> Just a demijohn on a two. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing to uh, what are you doing today for us, uh, Darren? We're going down Darren's larder to begin with, I think, or we might get there at, uh, at some point in time. Well, and we're going to look at uh, a little apple liqueur. Oh, that sounds good. Foraged apple liqueur. That sounds really um, good. It's conker season as well, mm. so uh, I have a horse chestnut profile. Six, I say, six jokes for the week. Okay, and then some jobs for the week ahead. How about that? Yeah, that all sounds good. Um, just to follow up on all that, though, um, firstly, I don't know whether you'll be annoyed. Uh -oh. or, I don't know if you'll be annoyed or not, but uh -oh. myself and a fair few listeners want to join in on the jokes today. Uh... Oh. 
Oh, the more the merrier. For example, <laughs> Darren, if you have 13 apples in one hand and you've got 10 apple pies in the other, what do you have? I can't, I, my brain is asleep. I'll Very big hands. <laughs> yeah, good. Huh? Now that was just yeah. obvious. That's why right, that's funny. There's <laughs> more where that came from. I went to, went to the World Conquer Championships on Sunday in Peterborough. Met King Conquer. Um, so we hear. <laughs> He's eight. <laughs> no, I did. <laughs> What's funny about that? <laughs> oh, my mind just went somewhere else. <laughs> just move on. He's actually, he was dressed as a conker and everything. He's ace. So we'll hear from him a little bit later King on. Conker. King conker, yeah. Is he fighting aeroplanes and things <laughs> at the top of the... Or a conk, as I like to call him. <laughs> We'll do some questions as well. You guys, are lots of you are getting in touch on the Happy Garden Podcast at gmail.com with all of your questions. Oh, now, Darren, before we <laughs> launch into everything, you know you said we were going down your larder to make some sort of apple schnapps or something. Yeah. Now, yeah. S- dear listener, you may or may not hear the larder because what happens is in post-production, <laughs> I do tend to cut a few things out. Now, a couple of your larders I have cut out. In fact, I don't even know if we've been down there have we, since we started the podcast. <laughs> You've been down there, but I don't know if anyone's heard it. But that leads me on nicely. I've got to the bottom of Pat's bush. <laughs> <laughs> so he's now, he's Pat now Pat-tested. <laughs> Darren, good. Now, anybody who's been listening to all of our podcasts... On fire. (laughs) Fire today, Darren. We'll know that... Well, Pat's bush has reared its head twice now. Three times now. Yeah. And that was because a couple of episodes ago, Pat um, sent in a question. Three questions, in fact. The first one being about uh, a bush. And you thought you'd done it. Well, we did do it, but in the editorial suite, it got cut out. So last week when I said, have we done Pat's Bush? And you said yes, and I said, I don't think we did. So we skimmed over Pat's Bush. Poor Pat. Um, We haven't actually still done... We're three weeks in (laughs) and we haven't done a bush. So I did, before we came on, I went into the bottom of the waste paper basket. Because if you remember last episode, I literally tore it up. Do you remember? I tore up Pat's Bush and I pieced it together. And if we get time... We might do it a bit later, if, if we get time. It's doubtful. And that goes for Pete's spalliatory as well. We haven't actually oh, done that yet either. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> there's loads of questions to get through. All of this and more still to come on... The Happy Garden! With Molly Green and Darren Rush. Oh, is that your dog in the background? Yeah, it's Joanne. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Mrs... <laughs> Mrs. Rudge. Right, let's move on to the history of Apple Day. Whoops, morning. <laughs> oh, no, can you hear me? Why well, just? She, no, she can't hear. Oh, good. I thought. I just thought that sounded like a bear. Being about me. No, tell her I'm not. No, she's not being horrible about you. Oh, no. She's being horrible about me. I love Mrs. Rudge. <laughs> right. right, let's go on with the history of Apple Day, shall we? Yeah. So, um, Apple Day was initiated by the charity Common Ground on the 21st of October 1990 at an event in Covent Garden in London. Uh, dismayed by the loss of so many traditional orchards and amazed at the 3,000 or so varieties of apples that have been grown, Common Ground then set out to create a new celebration of our most versatile fruit and the beautiful orchards that they come from, and simply they thought they would call it Apple Day. 
In linking particular apples with their place of origin, they hope that orchards are going to be recognised and conserved for their contribution to local distinctiveness, including the rich diversity of wildlife that they support. So that is what Apple Day is all about and sort of where it came from in the first place. Now, a lot of us enjoy apples uh, <laughs> in the form of cider, as uh, Darren just said. You have a demijohn or two of a night. <laughs> I'm joking. Just a two. Do you know how many apples it takes to make cider? I don't. 36 apples makes one gallon of cider. A gallon? Wow. Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Well, I met Dennis Gwatkin uh, the other day. He's from the award-winning Gwatkins, who have a small family-run business based in Herefordshire. It is a working farm, and their farm shop stocks a range of 35 ciders and perries. Well, I suppose the principle of cider making is it's reasonably easy. I mean, it's taking apples off a tree, crushing them, extracting the juice, fermenting it like a homemade wine, and... Bob's your uncle, but um, obviously, as my old uncle used to say, there's cider makers and makers of cider, and um, I suppose it's knowing all the tricks of the trade and the techniques, um, and it's all about picking the right fruit at the right time, maturing it in the right way, and um, yeah, there you go. Can anyone at home have a go? Do you need an awful lot, or could you just have like garden harvest? No, anybody can have a go, and it's basically, you know, if you've got a tree in the garden. Um, obviously, for making cider like we do, the sort of old-fashioned West Country farm cider, you are better with cider apples because they've obviously got the right yeasts and contents and tannins. But you can make cider technically out of any apple eaters, cookers. But you might need a bit of yeast with those and all the rest of it. But you'll get a crisper, more wine-like cider. But yeah, I mean, if you you know you got a demijohn, a gallon or something, and a few apples, crush them up. You can make anything from a gallon to a vat. You know, as simple as that. How long does it take? Well, the way we do it, we do the old traditional way using natural yeast. So it normally ferments slowly for about two months, and then we leave it on the sediment, which is its best friend and worst enemy, really, because it what gives it all the body and flavour but obviously once the sediment starts to turn a little bit yucky then you need to rack it off and that's probably another two or three months so I suppose the time you pick the apple to actually drink it you're looking at four or five months really. And then as I see from the array before us Dennis you can turn it into further alcohol. We've got a, a bit of a spirit and liqueur outlet to it as well basically um, we take the cider we've got friends down the road that got the Black Mountain uh, distillery and we supply them cider for their gin and in payback they uh, distill a bit of stuff for us. And basically you take the cider and turn it into cider brandy, which is obviously very similar to what the French do with their Calvados. And then from there you go on. I mean, we make fruit wines and different things and you can fortify them together and make ports and yeah, all sorts of nice fruity drinks. Dennis Gwatkin there, off of uh, Gwatkin's Farms. Good name, that, isn't it? Gwatkin's. Gwatkin's. Ever made cider, Darren? Uh, no. Well, actually, oh, when yes. we were children... What? <laughs> me and my brother did. <laughs> we put some apple into, apples into bottles. We crushed them. Oh. Yeah. And um, they exploded. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Did you put yeast in? <laughs> there was no, I've got no idea what we did. Oh. I can't remember, but um, it, it's exploding. It went everywhere. And oh. It smelled foul. And my mum and dad were out at the time, so we was we were busy trying to clean up this <sighs> mess that had gone all over the kitchen. Brilliant. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I can imagine both of you stood there cov dripping literally off your fringe with uh, with fizzy apples, thinking, oh, mum's going to kill us. Oh, <laughs> that's brilliant.
Does your friend Dennis down the allotment, does he do... I know he does the most fabulous marrow rum in all of Christendom. Does he do anything like Perry's and Ciders? He does do a little bit, but he's more... He's more sort of... More more alcoholic, really. Do you know, there's been an air of mystery surrounding Darren's mate Dennis down the allotment for a good 15 years. I mean, I'm starting to think, you're Dennis. (laughs) It's strange that nobody knows which allotments he's on and nobody's ever seen him. Who could it be? Who could it be? Could it be the janitor? No. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Could be. Could be. <laughs> Number one super guy. Oh, Darren. To be continued. <laughs> right then, Adaz, do you want to do some jobs for the week ahead? Can do. My, <laughs> my goodness, it's been so warm. Uh, I don't know when, dear listener, you'll be listening to this podcast, but as we record, it is... In the 20s, it's absolutely beautiful. Let's do some jobs for the week ahead, our Darren. Now in the happy garden. Oh, I say, sweetie, this is my favourite bit. Time for Darren to be absolutely flabulous and regale us with his gardening jobs for the week ahead. Well, yes. Okay. Go! So, Sorry, you're waiting for my cue there. Yeah, I was. Sorry, go! <laughs> so, so I was waiting for you to say, go! <laughs> so, all t- we have dog movement in the back, by the way, folks. Which oh, is your dog so, this time, okay. <laughs> Hi there. Yes. So, all types of pot-grown plants can be uh, planted at this particular point in time, folks. It's a really good time to plant anything that's shrubby or even herbaceous uh, because the soil is warm and the weather is wet so it's a great time to actually uh, get plants into the garden Uh, check your wall shrubs and climbers as well especially roses give them a good clip back you know prune them back because uh, they need a good knock back your ramblers and your scramblers uh, just to ensure that just keeps them uh, nice and clean and tidy check your trees and shrubs make sure they're securely staked because wind rock which is what can happen to them during the autumn months if you get a really breezy day, can actually tear the root system and basically kill your plants. Spring bulbs should be in the ground by now, folks, you naughty people. So if you haven't already done so, get them into the ground. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, tulips can be planted quite late. Leave those until November and you'll avoid an incident of what we call tulip fire, which is a nasty disease that you don't want your tulips to have. And then finally, how about swapping your bedding over? for uh, spring colour, uh, get them into your patio pots and plant on your hanging baskets right now. I know that I'll be having a crack at some of those jobs this week. Take care, everyone, and I'll see you next week for more absolutely rudgelicious gardening jobs for the week ahead. You're listening to the Happy Garden Podcast with Molly Green and Darren Rudge. Is that it? Can I go home now? Great, thank you very much, our Darren. A few bits and bobs to be getting on with, and we'll do some more of those um, in a little while as well. Now, Dan, I don't know what you're going to feel about this. You know, you and I were talking in the week that... Um, what is this? Is this episode six of the Happy Garden podcast? It certainly is. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm positive. Are you? It's episode on, six. On the top of my sheet, it says... Oh! Episode six of the podcast. Sheet. I've got a sheet, yeah. I'm ever so organised. That yeah. is organised. I like it that you've got a sheet. That's nice. You should see how many sheets I've got in here. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six. Seven. I've got eight sheets for today. Does that include the ones on the walls? 
I have got a lot of post-it notes in here. <laughs> and, of course, don't forget I've got the diary back here as well, Darren. Oh, no. There we are. I saved it. Next it was... time I come to your house. It was about to fall off, but I saved it. I I'm caught bringing it. a lump hammer with me. <laughs> You're going to smash my wind chimes. <laughs> <laughs> the them. compost flies have gone, by the way, if you want a podcast room update. The compost flies have gone. Wow. I don't know where they've gone, <laughs> but they've gone this week, which is odd, seeing as I was, you know... Eating them last week. <laughs> <laughs> they were everywhere. They do seem to have gone. Now, I don't know what we're going to feel about this, Darren, but about uh, 15 minutes prior to us recording this, I had a WhatsApp message from my husband. <laughs> right. right. Well, I say message. He w- now, he's on his lunch break. I know he's on his lunch break, and I know full well he'll be, un- he'll be leaning against a tree. He'll be sat under a tree, leaning back against it. Um, and he really wants to be our houseplant band for the Happy Garden podcast. <laughs> All the best places have a house band. We are going to have a houseplant band, and he wants to audition for it. Shall I play Excellent. you what he sent me? Well, you better, hadn't you? All right, here we go. This came through about 15 Has he been drinking? I wouldn't have thought so, because he's in charge of a lot of machinery, so one would, <laughs> one would hope not. <laughs> God, you should, he's a right laugh drunk. This is him sober. Ground control to Monty Don. Pack your spades and hose and put your headphones on. Oh dear. Ooh, here is a happy garden podcast. Marl and Darren, too. They made it just for you. So play it and please do. Listen to it and subscribe, like it, share it and subscribe. There we go. He's just WhatsApp me that. So um <laughs> what do you think? What sort of feedback shall I give him when he gets home? <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd say that was unique. I'd say it is unique, because you're not going to hear that on any other podcast. Oh, not yeah. at all. I'm going to hear that anywhere else, literally. RHS gardening. Well, Monty's not going to use that, is he? So uh, we'll have it. So, yeah, the houseplant band, it's, it's got legs, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. It's got a leg. We could have a best of eventually. <laughs> Bring out some sort of yeah compilation for Christmas. Now, let's get back to um, Apple Day, which is the 21st of October. Um, Lots of you have been letting us know if you have events, festivals, Apple Days taking place around your locality. We'll read some of those out in a little while if you'd like to go and join in at some point over the next couple of weeks. Right now, though, let's talk to Tom the Apple Man. Now, he's an absolute expert. It is tomtheappleman.co.uk if you want further details about Tom. And Tom the Apple Man is from the Organic Fruit Tree Nursery, which is just near Oswestry. And I started by asking him just how he got into apples. Well, I was working as a gardener. I got interested in pruning fruit trees and wanted to learn how to do it properly. Through that, I I gained more of an interest in fruit. And I took some apples from a a relative's farm orchard to be identified by an expert from the Marcher Apple Network. One of the apples I took was one that was on this guy's list of wanting to find because they've not been seen for over 100 years. Oh, wow. Um, So we found this rare variety called the Gypsy King. Yeah, this guy, Mike Porter, he came to the orchard and found three other varieties that 
were thought extinct. I bet he couldn't get his ass so, on, could he? <laughs> no, that's right. From there, I learned how to propagate trees. and Really, really enjoyed that process. And, yeah, it went from there, basically. Tom, I must ask, when you say you, you presented him with this apple that he actually was looking for, and then there was there's three others on your side, how do they get lost and people don't know where they are? Is it just because there are so many varieties? Well, yeah, there are so many varieties, but also... So many orchards were grubbed up in the 70s. Mm. You know, there were government financial incentives to get rid of orchards and make way for grassland. So loads of old varieties got lost. And also, you know, with the rise of the supermarkets that love to have just a few varieties rather than any diversity, a lot of these old varieties went out of fashion. Yeah, they just weren't grown anymore. And talking about how you grow and the ethos that you have, and as you say, going back to what they were, I see that you use organic uh, agroforestry and permaculture principles in your yes. growing of your uh, trees. Why is that important to you? Well, you know, we've got to we've got to look after the planet that we live on. You know, if we're we're constantly degrading the soil, and you know, there's only going to be so many harvests left, and you know, the soil has been soils generally have been degraded through agriculture quite massively. So so, yeah, the idea with regenerative agriculture is not only are we looking after the soil, but we're, we're actively improving the soil and the environment. So, you know, we're doing all we can to increase fertility and microbial and fungal activity and, you know, increasing soil organic matter and increasing the carbon levels of the soil, you know, so we could be taking carbon out of the atmosphere. Biodiversity over the over the years has taken a massive hit Mm. so we're you know we're looking at increasing biodiversity as much as we can and that also you know it also helps with the with the pest and disease control so you know we're growing our own compost we're growing our own carbon sequestration we're growing our own fertility on site in terms of wood chips so we have with the agroforestry system we've got these rows of coppice some of which are willow and some of which are native broadleaf and we, we coppice those and make wood chip and, and that feeds the soil, it adds a great fungal duff to the soil, it makes that mycorrhizae connection with the tree's roots. And then the, those coppice strips also act as a windbreak and soil stabilisation and a wildlife corridor. They do so much for the place. The, the, there's salicylic acid in the willow, and when you chip willow and mulch fruit trees, the salicylic acid leaches out of the soil and can help combat certain fungal diseases in the fruit trees. And then, you know, by adding more biodiversity in terms of wildflowers, so we've got wildflowers everywhere and rocks of mint and comfrey, and they all flower and attract predators and pollinators, attracting ladybirds and lacewings and hoverflies by having high nectar plants encourages these predators that eat the pests. You know, it's about getting nature to do as much of the work as possible. I believe you have Welsh black honeybees, your end. So that's the British Bee Company, Kirsty Williams, who runs that. Uh, she grows veg on site and keeps hives. And yeah, you know, she's she's bringing back these rare Welsh black honeybees. Yeah, which is amazing. You know, there's, there's lots going on here. And as part of our rotation, so we have to rotate our trees. And we, we have a few other businesses work on site. So we've got a chamomile tea business and a, a cut flower business and the veg business and the honey business. And so we've got quite a community here as well. It's, it's a great place. And we'll hear more from Tom the Apple Man in a little while. Interesting stuff, Darren. Yeah, yeah, fascinating stuff. I had a little bit of an involvement with a heritage tree mm. in my locality. Yeah. It was called the Tetanol Dick. <laughs> so, <laughs> Sorry, what? The Tetanol Dick. The Tetanol Dick. D I C K? Yeah, yeah D I C K. Yeah. <laughs> 
and it wasn't an apple actually it was a it was a pear but uh, they're very very rare <laughs> A rare pair. A rare pair. And uh, the the last tree in the uh, in the Wolverhampton area was chopped. It was uh, felled because it was diseased. It was dangerous. And I managed to go along with the students at the time, and we took some cuttings, and we managed to get some to actually root. So I actually was part of saving the technical dick. Why? um, Why the name, Darren? Well, I don't know. Why not the name? (laughs) Why wouldn't you call it that? Fabulous. But there you go. Oh, oh, now, Darren, (laughs) talking of names, I have to mention, I left my show... I've had a show at the BBC for 23 years and I left the the dear show that I've been doing um, last week and Darren surprised me on air by coming in. And my producer had said, uh, live on air, open the door behind you. And who stood behind the door? You. It was me. It was you. Oh. Oh, Darren. Oh. And what did you bring me? I bought you a rose, didn't yeah, I? You, you made me cry. I know I did. You, you, you sat back in your chair and you sobbed. I wept. You? Yeah, you did. You did. But it's a special rose, isn't it? Go on, tell everyone why. Because it's the Molly Green rose. I had a rose named after you. Rosa Molly Green, with an IE and everything. With an IE yeah. and everything. And everything. There's only one in the world, yeah. just like you. Yeah, there is, <laughs> and it's special. We rescued it. Rescued it. Now, it, before um, before that, it had just got a serial number, Molly. Oh. Just a serial number? It was, just an, a, it number. was a nothing. It was just a number. <laughs> it was just a nothing. Whereas now? And now... It's called it's Rose Molly Green. Green. That's nice. I've got it outside. It's outside the back door. I'm really scared in case it dies. Is it? Um, it's the wrong time to take cuttings now. Is it hardwood cuttings, or is it the right time? Yeah, you can do, but it's a, just a bit tiny at the moment. So it's very small, cuttings. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You need to get it in the ground. I'm scared. <laughs> it's a shrub rose, so it's tough. Okay. It, it won't die. Okay. I hope it's going to get about three and a half feet tall, three Brilliant. and a half feet wide, and it's got golden flowers. Is now the time to plant roses? It certainly is. I might so get do it that. In the yeah, I might do that after we finish the podcast. Yeah. No, really, that's the most thoughtful present ever. Thank you, my dad. No problem. Get interactive with Molly. <laughs> Lovely show. <laughs> Professionals. Get interactive with Molly and Darren. Follow them on social media. It's a bit like stalking. Just search for the Happy Garden Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. Jokes, Darren. Yes. Jokes. <laughs> <laughs> There's no question about it. Molly Green is the real deal. Oh, Oh. Oh, sorry, I pressed the wrong button there. Uh, (laughs) Did you hear that or do you want to hear it again? Look, (laughs) go on. There's no question about it. Molly Green is the real deal. Thanks, David Dick. The Duke? It is the Duke, yeah, he loves me. He loves me. Anyway, this is the button I wanted to press. Now in the happy garden. It's about time for some Alan Titters. Yeah. Brace yourself for your gardening jokes <laughs> of the week from Darren Rudge. Right, um, how confident are you feeling with your jokes? Uh, rest assured you've got competition this week, Darren, so good luck. Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, <laughs> I might fall foul this week, actually. OK, we'll see. Concentrating on flowers, you see. OK. So, uh, did you hear the story about the flower who went on a date with another flower, Molly? I didn't, you know. Apparently, it's a budding romance. Oh, yeah, good. I like it already. Good, you can have one of them. Are you ready for the second one? Ready. Are you sure? Mm. (laughs) 
What did the flower tell the other flower after she told him a joke? Uh, I, I don't know. I was just pulling your leg. Oh, yes, all so good. <laughs> Number three. Yes. How did the flower get over the fight she had with her sister? A flower fight, sister. Don't know. She rose above it. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> oh, I like roses. Yep. What did the best man's cactus say to him on his wedding day? Cactus wedding day. Don't know. Man, you're looking sharp. Oh, yeah, 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 you can have that one as well. Darren, you're on fire! <laughs> Next. Why are trees so tall and thin? Couldn't tell you. They only eat light. Focus oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Focus, <laughs> focus, focus, yeah, yeah. Good. Now, the bony eye. The bony eye. The bony eye. Yeah. yeah. Took yeah. a bit of thinking about that. Yeah, one, all right. Didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> had a long week, Darren. How do trees get on Instagram? Trees, Instagram. Oh, couldn't tell you. They're logging. Oh, oh, Darren! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. That's really good. Peaked I'm, I'm right at the right time. I'm pleased with you on that one. I'm very pleased with you. Well done, Daryl. <laughs> uh, do you want some back at you? Yeah. This isn't from me. This is from Egypt Jean, who's been in touch on the Happy Garden Podcast at gmail.com. In fact, I think Jean contributed with uh, what's a man with a shovel on his head called a couple of weeks ago. Right. Do you remember it was Doug? Nice. Doug. <laughs> Darren, what's a man with a rabbit up his bum called? I don't know. Warren. <laughs> what? Now that's good. <laughs> oh, I'm painful. Head jokes are my absolute favourite, as Jean knows. What's a woman balancing a pint of lager on her head called? I don't know. Beatrix. <laughs> oh, yeah, Beatrix Potter. <laughs> and I'll give you one more from Egypt, Jean. Uh, a bald-headed man wore a rabbit on his head because from a distance, it looked like a hare. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, that's brilliant. Darren, why did the apple pie go to the dentist? I don't know. Because it needed filling. <laughs> Darren, what do you call two apples together? Idea. A pear. <laughs> and then final element. What do you call a doctor who specialises in Adam's apples? Go on. A guy neckologist. The Happy Garden Podcast. Let's get back to Tom the Apple Man from the Organic Fruit Tree Nursery in Oswestry. He'll be telling us about the effect this year's weather has had on apples, but as they mail order trees, let's ask what's popular online. All sorts. I mean, I think Ashmead's Kernel and Discovery are the top ones. They're, they're very disease resistant. Discovery is a lovely bright red apple, fruits prolifically, really good start to the season. You know, like all early apples, they don't keep very well, but pick straight off the tree. They're, they're fantastic. Then Ashmead's Kernel, 
apple. The other end of the spectrum is a late keeping apple, crops regularly. Again, it's very disease resistant and is quite often cited as people's favourite apple in terms of flavour. But then we've got lots of lots of collections, lots of local collections. So we have a Cheshire collection, Shropshire collection, collection from the counties up and down the Welsh borders, you know, Gloucestershire, Herefordshire, Worcestershire. We've got a range of Welsh apples and all sorts from all over the country. One of my favourites is Herefordshire variety called Puckrup Pippin. Oh. Um, which is a quite a small, almost golf ball size russet apple that just pops open in your mouth and is so so fully flavoured. It's great. Who names these, Tom? I love Pucker Up Pippin. Yeah, I, d- I don't know. Well, quite often these apples are bred by people or, or sometimes they're chance seedlings that have arisen. Yeah, it's quite random, really. For example, there's a Shropshire apple called Sweeney Nonpareil and mm. Nonpareil means unparalleled in Latin. And, and that was bred by the head gardener there in 1807 at Sweeney Hall. He decided it was as good as it gets, so he decided to call it a non-pareil. As far as spraying, I, I read that uh, you routinely spray the apple trees. Yes, yeah, we use seaweed extract and molasses and yeah the seaweed extract adds trace elements and minerals to the trees it also increases the tree's capacity to photosynthesize yeah it helps boost the immune the immune system of the tree and yeah the molasses helps the the seaweed stick to the tree what about yeah. garlic oil? Yeah, we've again that adds certain minerals to the to the tree through a foliar feed, and it also helps to put off aphids as well with with its smell. And how have your trees done this year, Tom? We've had a few people contact us, and myself, I can add to the list as well. Our trees here haven't done that well this year. Would that be weather? And are yours the same? It has been a tricky year because the weather's been all over the place Mm. and there's a lot of stress from from drought. Yeah, I've been to orchards in a few places where trees are really struggling. But here, because, because we've got a really healthy soil and, you know, our trees are really well mulched, they, they're growing fantastically. You know, the start of the season looked like it was going to be a poor season, but the trees are growing really strongly now. In, in fact, it's very late and the tips of the trees are growing so vigorously. It kind of, it looks like it's mid-June or something. Mm. It's been so warm, you know, that there is a chance that those fresh young tips don't harden off before the frost. So, well, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. And if you want more info on Tom and his trees, it's tomtheappleman.co.uk. If you'd like to get in touch with Molly Green and Darren Rudge at the Happy Garden Podcast, then all you have to do is follow them on social media. Just search for the Happy Garden Podcast. If you'd like to send them an email at the Happy Garden Podcast, you can email thehappygardenpodcast at gmail.com. Can we say Happy Garden Podcast just one more time? The Happy Garden Podcast. I've, I've lost the next bit um, about Apple events. It's really funny. <laughs> Darren, I wrote it this morning that it kicked off last week with the chucking. Have you checked the bin? Check the bin. <laughs> check your car? I checked my car. I did it in bed. <laughs> oh, well, sod it. It's fine. It doesn't matter. <clears throat> Uh, Newby Hall in Ripon start, marked the start of British Apple Month on Sunday and then I don't seem to have any other papers. Apple Day... Apple Day. Hang on. <laughs> My Apple jokes. Newby Hall. A thousand people attended. So that was it. But it doesn't seem to have printed out. <laughs> All right, that's way. All right. Oh, God. I'm going to be in here till Thursday. Right. 
Have you got to go out, by the way? <laughs> no. Okay, good. I've got to, got to finish writing this study pack. Haven't you? Um, what study pack? What are you doing? Planting design. Is it, ex- <laughs> is it exciting? No. No. <laughs> Aren't you doing a village hall tonight? No, no. There's no oh. no talks this week. Oh. I've got one next week in Oxford. Oh. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. We're getting mm. some pamphlets, by the way. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, you did tell me. We're getting some you, leaflets. Leaflets. Du- uh, double sided well, glossy. Yeah. And where, um, are we, where are we going to hand those out then? Toilets. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to wear a gorilla costume. Well, I thought if we get producer Dean to make us some sandwich boards, we could stand on the A38 in Birmingham, somewhere by the tunnels. Just walk up and down. <laughs> Please listen to the Happy Garden podcast. Are we offering Please. a free cup of coffee? <laughs> no, darling. But we do we do need to get on with marketing. Now, my husband's already offered to um, to do some, as you've heard. Not sure awful. that would give the right impression. <laughs> We do need to start thinking about marketing. <laughs> if anybody has any ideas, get in touch. Yes, please do. <laughs> now, Newby Hall in Ripon marked the start of British Apple Month on Sunday, October the 1st, with the annual International Apple Throwing Championships, and over a 1,000 people attended the event this year. But as for what's on on Apple Day's forthcoming, let's find out what's underway around your neck of the woods. <laughs> Well, let's find out. Now, as we said in the last podcast, the International Apple Throwing Championships in Newby Hall in Ripon actually kicked off Apple Month. That was on the 1st of October. Um, and we had about 1,000 people attending the event where you literally fling an apple as far as it can go. Aidan Morgan was the champion this year, kicking off Apple Month. So we've got all sorts going up uh, and across the UK. Thank you very much if you've been in touch about events that are going on in your neck of the woods. We will start with Clumber Park, which is in workshop, uh, uh, sorry, in workshop in Nottinghamshire. They've got over 70 varieties of apples, including a national collection. There's a lot to celebrate at Clumber Park. Um, they have got apple scratting, they've got juicing, they've got apple tasting, a self-led apple trail around the garden, beehive talks, demos with Clumber's beekeeper. 
They've got live jazz, swing and lots of music with Jane Darling. That sounds nice. Discover more with the expert demonstrations as well. They've got apple pruning at 11.30, apple grafting at 2 in the afternoon. All takes place on Friday the 20th of October between 10 and 3 o'clock at Clumber Park in Nottinghamshire. Over to you, Dazzler. Well, we move on to Nostell near Wakefield, which is West Yorkshire, and they've got an apple identification day happening. And they ask people to... To bring their apples from your own garden and learn how to identify different types of cooking and eating apple with the assistance of their garden team. Now that's happening on Wednesday the 25th of October at 11 o'clock until 2.30 Molly. Back to you. Uh, if you're in the Nottinghamshire area how about the workhouse because they're taking part in Southwell's Bramley Apple Day. They're holding the longest apple peel competition <laughs> which I love the sound of. Uh, out in the field they're doing that there's going to be an apple themed prize for the winners as well apple printing available for the little ones and the activities are totally free um, however for access to the property you do have to pay but if you just want to get uh, if you just want to get uh, if you just want to take part in the Apple Day celebrations, that is free. That's taking place on Saturday the 28th of October between 10.30 and 3.30. Dazzler. Well, Macefield Community Garden, Macefield uh, Garden, Lindsay Avenue near Northfield in Birmingham have an Apple Day. Come and join us, they say, where you can press your own apples, enjoy some wild fun in the children's area, taste some seasonal snacks uh, from the earth oven and much, much more. That's Wednesday the 1st of November at 12pm until 4pm. Oh, that's lovely. It's well worth a Google 8, uh, especially if you've got kids, grandkids, or if you just want a really, really interesting day out. Have a Google, find out what's underway in your neck of the woods, whether it be an apple festival, apple flinging, the longest apple peel. I love that, Darren. That's fabulous. In that ace. <laughs> Have a Google, and if you can celebrate Apple Day in any way, shape, or form for 2023, do so. I'm Ian Neal, and I got the biggest weed and the show and the celery. And you're listening to the Happy Garden podcast with Molly Green and Darren Rudge. <laughs> it, it's all right, I'm not used to reading out aloud. Darren, my friend told me that his apples were yellow. Yeah. And I said, Duh, nah, mate, that's bananas. <laughs> <laughs> Day out <laughs> uh, last Sunday in Peterborough. Uh, we packed the van, we packed some sandwiches and some samosas, and off we went to the World Conquer Championships. Have you ever been? No, I've never ever ever been. Normally, it's the nicest day out. That apparently it's always held on the second Sunday of October every single year. And Darren, it is the most quintessentially English day out. There was cream teas, there was Morris dancers. Loads of families. There was battle reenactments as well, which I adore. Uh, doing musket displays and all sorts. Uh, guide dogs. Oh, gosh, the amount of people that were there. It was lovely. 
But the main reason people are there is to watch hundreds of people battle it out to be crowned champion. Now, hundreds of people take part from all over the world, and you'll hear from a couple of lads competing, both called Will, in a minute. But first, here's the man himself, the guy who presides over all the proceedings. <laughs> He's called King Conquer. And I asked him uh, if people do actually bring their own Conquers. No, no, you're only allowed the Conquers that we provide. And we put them in a marble bag, like what the old school plimsoll bag, and the strings hang out. And you pull on the string, and that's your conker. A lot of work in drilling a thousand conkers. Because I did 300 yesterday. So somebody, yeah, somebody's got to thread them all, get them ready. Thread them all, yeah, everything. What makes a good conker? Well, it's, it must be as near round as possible. When it's, I, I think when it's probably dark brown, not light brown. Sometimes I have a light, it, it varies. The dark brown ones this year, as you drill them, you drill about a quarter of an inch in, and then the drill falls in as though it's hollow. So it's a different, difficult year for the players. So weather-related has meant a different type of conquer this year. Yes, because you get you know the month of rain, sorry, a month of sunshine, month of rain, a month of sunshine, and that's it really. You know. And you don't treat these conkers before people play because in the old days it was vinegar, it was the airing cupboard, it was the oven. No, no, you, all the all the conkers are selected. Occasionally over the years, not so much just lately, they've fallen early and they've got hard quick. So what we do is soak them in water for 24 hours or even 48 to soften them up a little bit. But if not, they uh, gain go on for hours and hours and little children get bored because they're not seeing conkers being broken. In the game between what looks like Batman and a lobster, there's talk about a replay. Kamal Kazi is back. That's Kamal Rashid in number 38 in green. This is the fourth year that we've come, so it's my second year competing. It's Banks' yeah. second year, my fourth year coming. And you can tell that the experiences are shining through. We we live locally, so it's uh, it's going to be a yearly thing. You guys have just been on stage. Who, who won? What happened? I took I took the W. Uh, it was it was touch and go to be honest with you. It yeah. was uh, first early doors. Se second shot crack crack was already there, uh, but pulled through eventually with uh, with the my other big crack here. opened up he, and him, the game was over years. really. Yeah. I tried to tap away, you know, get to the end. Yeah, but it was mind games galore. The game from, was from over. Yeah, what is the strategy? Yeah. Just get hits on the board, I think. Yeah, I hits honestly, on the board. Just, get, just get consistency, as many hits as you can. Avoid and, the uh, soft conkers. And let the conkers do the rest of the talking, I think. Really. Uh, I do have my winning conker from the first round. Yeah. There it is. That's the Still dub. hole, no cracks. What will you do with it? <laughs> I'll frame it, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. That's brilliant. <laughs> it was. It, Darren, it was the nicest. I insist you come with me next year. It was the nicest day. Now we're not working on a Sunday, Darren. We can go. Yeah. Oh, actually, talking of not working on a Sunday, which we've always done, you and I, lawnmower racing championships. Oh, there's so much we can do next year. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be everywhere. We must get out there. We will. We will get out there and do it. Well, listen, after hours of playing in the beautiful autumn sunshine on Sunday, just gone, Jasmine Tet Lee from Nottingham won the women's title, uh, the women's title, should I say, and Mark Hunter from Northamptonshire won the men's title. But they did have a showdown between them, and Jasmine actually won. So we have a Queen Conquer this year for 2023. Fabulous. Yeah, Fantastic. isn't that wonderful? It really is I wonderful. I think her name is wonderful as well. Jasmine Tetley. Jasmine Tetley, yeah. Jasmine Tetley. What's funny about that? It's like a cup of tea. <laughs> 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 of all the 
were younger, of course, there used to be all sorts of techniques. And I did ask on Facebook uh, a few days ago, the Happy Garden podcast on Facebook and the Happy Garden podcast on Instagram, everywhere, literally, if you just look for the Happy Garden podcast, you'll find us. Now, some people used to inject glue, Darren. This is my truth said. I used to rub mine with mustard. That made my eyes water. Mm -hmm. Ian said, I used to dread walking under a horse uh, horse chestnut tree in the autumn, but after therapy... I've managed to conquer it. <laughs> Actually, we used to try baking them in the oven and soaking them in vinegar. I always found covering them with varnish, nail varnish, pretty successful as well. And a mate at school used to swear by rubbing his in Vaseline. He never won any matches, but he always had a big grin on his face. Right. Yeah, I don't get that either. <laughs> oh, are, are we so that's innocent that... That's, that's gone. Yeah. Well over. I don't understand. <laughs> Pete said, no health and safety in our days, Molly and Darren. I tried baking and soaking conkers in vinegar. Neither worked. What I did was uh, I learned to drill the hole through the conker and not use nails or skewers. It wasn't the conkers doing the damage to your knuckles. It was the clackers that were brutal. Clackers? What are clackers? No I don't know. <laughs> I think it's the way the uh, conch comes down yeah, when once it's it does, thrown yeah. towards you. Maybe. Elizabeth said, hurts. my brother used to bake conchers in the oven too, Mole. Those were the days. We see, uh, Darren, you see it in papers, don't you, and on the telly, that um, kids these days aren't allowed to freely play conchers as you and I were because of health and safety. I saw a picture not long ago and uh, <laughs> this little lad had like... A hawk handling glove on, like this fire retardant massive glove on, and really? safety goggles. I mean, fair enough. Well, is it fair enough? It never knew did us any harm. Well, this is this is the this is the problem, isn't it? Well, I don't know. I think that's a bit unfair. I don't <laughs> think kids are allowed to play conkers at lunch now. Because when I was a boy. <laughs> yes. What happened when you were a boy? <laughs> you just got waxed in the face with them. <laughs> well, I said on Facebook, part of growing up was having bits of conker in your eye. Exactly. <laughs> No fun anymore. <laughs> it's no fun anymore. <laughs> so, on to some uh, comments. You're more than welcome to get in touch during the week because we like to uh, get our podcast out noon on a Friday, don't we, Darren? Yeah, we do. Yes, but in, in the interim, you are more than welcome to get in touch. Any questions you got for our Darren, any comments, any success stories that you want to share, you can either do that on the Facebook page, the Happy Garden Podcast, uh, or, of course, on the Instagram, the Happy Garden Podcast, or, of course, on the email, the Happy Garden Podcast at gmail.com. Some more bits and <laughs> some more bits and bobs off the Facebook, Darren. Uh, dear Molly, Darren had a lovely day today, weeding, mucking, and covering a couple of beds down the plot, then making apple and blackcurrant crumble an apple cake, all whilst catching up on your podcasts two to five. I love you both. I think the podcasts are very, very good, very entertaining, and very informative, and very funny as well. Brilliant. Thank you. That's brilliant, isn't it? And also a few questions, Darren. Uh, let's begin. Molly, Darren, how do I best keep some tomato seeds and then plant them on in early spring to get them to grow? The variety were a small golden variety and it was the first time I've ever seen them. So in case I can't find the same plants next year and would like to grow these from seed, how do I do so? Uh, there's two parts to this question, actually. Let's just start with that one for Ray. 
you've, you've got a little bit of an issue there because uh, tomatoes are the inside sticky and gooey so the seeds are on the inside obviously so you have to go through a process called maceration which means that you fetch the seeds out of the uh, the skin of the tomatoes and then you take your wife's colander okay or even sieve <laughs> and you then <laughs> you need to <laughs> then you need to wash them so all that all that gloopiness all that stickiness needs to be off the seeds then you need to dry them so put them onto a paper towel make sure they're totally dry and then as long as you store them in an envelope um, keep them cool and dark you'll be able to sow them in spring but do be aware that if it's a hybrid that you grew in the first place you may not get back exactly what you had to begin with there you go Ray come and have That's a forage through Darren's larder Darren I'm so sorry I pressed that button <coughs> had you finished yeah <laughs> I tell you why I praised it by mistake because I was foraging in the bin trying to find Peter's spallier tree question. I was right. literally in the bin trying to find Pete's spallier. Do you remember Peter's spallier question? Yeah, he's got a fence and he's got a cherry laurel hedge behind it, and he wants to grow a spallier fruit trees. I love the word spallier. I've torn all those pieces of paper. Right? Compost. No. No. Oh, it's not in the bin. Oh, I found Pat's bush. I found Pat's bush, so it can't be far. You lawn laid. Oh, here we are, Peter. Okay, I found it. Um, right. What were we saying before that? Oh, I pressed a button, didn't I? Yeah. Darren. <laughs> So, Darren, we're not going to do Pat's Bush, yes? No? No. No. Have we done? Yeah, we've, we've done we've Pat's Bush. We've sacked Pat, haven't we? It's, it's been Pat tested. <laughs> okay. Right, okay. But we haven't actually, on a podcast, done Peter's Espalier Tree. Even though we have done it, it's been edited out and gone onto the cutting room floor. Okay. So, should we do Peter's Espalier Tree? Yeah, no Today. problem. What was the question, Kay? Molly Darren, we are thinking at having a go at an espalier apple or pear trees along a fence in our garden. The fence has a big established laurel behind it and the ground is hard clay. Now, Darren, will the fruit trees grow? The fence has sun on it from first thing in the morning until about one o'clock in the afternoon. Is it worth trying to plant semi-established trees? And that's from Peter. Well, Peter, I've seen the photograph. That laurel is going to cause you big problems if you try to uh, plant into the ground because obviously uh, that laurel hedge has got a really pernicious root system well, let alone the clay what i would do is i would do what's towards the front of that photograph you see uh, you've sent in i would build a raised bed and you've got a raised bed uh, made out of some lovely pine sleepers and i would have that at least half a meter tall if not a meter tall and then put your espalier apples and pears in there and then they will have a root run uh, that will make them really well established and they won't be affected by the big cherry laurel hedge uh, that's behind that fence. That's the way to grow your espalier apple trees. It's south-facing Molly. It looks really sunny, so it'd be an excellent spot um, to have these trees trained up against the fence. So that's what I would do, Peter. Okay. All right, thanks, Darren. And I've got one from Anne here as well that says, Molly, Darren, I want to uh, ask Dazzler a question. I enclose a photo of my leeks and purple sprouting plants. I'm sure I sowed the seeds at the same time
time in July. The purple sprouting are doing well, but as you can see, the leeks have barely developed, even though I transplanted them. Can I plant them now into the allotment, or would it be better in a raised bed in the garden at this time? And that's from Anne. Well, if you've got problems, Anne, with your leeks, then it would be better in a raised bed. A raised bed is going to be more prepared. It's going to be less problematic for your leeks to start to put a root system into, and they should develop quite quickly. So if they were mine, I would drop them into the raised bed rather than the allotment in the garden. Darren, should we go down your larder? Yeah, we can. Shall we? Yeah, go on. It's been a long time since we've been down there. Hopefully the repairs are finished. You can grow it, you can pluck it, you can hoe it, you can cut it, you can boil it out of the ground. You can mow it, you can pick it, you can show it, you can take it, you can forage, what have you found? It's Darren's Larder. Come and have a forage through Darren's Larder. (laughs) Nice. What are we doing today, Adazla? Apples. (laughs) Ovs. There's a bit of an apple theme, isn't there? But I've concentrated on crab apples, Molly. Yes, you can eat crab apples. Generally, they're too tart to eat raw, but their uh, appleiness is intense when you cook them. Wild crab apples are the origin of all our cultivated species and have been used as a food since antiquity. Uh, these ancestors of the cultivated apple have small, round fruit uh, and rarely grow larger than a, a golf ball. And they ripen in late September to October, so it's a good time, and are usually green with a pink, bluish or golden yellow colour. A symbol of fertility and uh, forager's delight, crab apple trees are associated with love and marriage. So here you go. Why not make yourself some crab apple liqueur? If you're a fan of slow gin and fruit liqueurs, then you've got to make this, folks. It's intense with the appleiness of crab apples, and you'll end up with a golden liqueur with a rich taste, perfect for a cold winter's eve by the fire. You'll need 30 to 40 crab apples washed and halved, one litre of gin or vodka, 200 grams of caster sugar. Now, the method is really simple. Fill a large preserving jar, quarters full uh, with crab apples, Pour sugar over and add gin and vodka. Add any remaining crab apples to top up and seal. Steep for one or two months. Turn the jar daily for the first week and now and then afterwards. Drain the liqueur through two or three layers of muslin and then decant into a bottle. Leave for another month or so and then just drink for a lovely, lovely alcoholic delight. Don't mind if I do. That does sound delightful. So when, uh, what month should that be ready? Uh, about Christmas, actually. Ooh, it's a good Christmas present. Perfect. I'm looking forward to Darren's Larder at Christmas. You always do come up with the, the goods. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Marrow run. Oh, Marrow Run. <laughs> Have you spoken to Dennis down the allotment lately? Uh, no, I haven't been to see him for, for, a, for a while. No. Do? I will. Get some will. orders. Get some orders I in for Christmas. Definitely will. Christmas presents. Towards <laughs> Christmas, though, in uh, in all seriousness, we do do the larder in the run-up to Christmas because homemade Christmas presents made with love are the best presents. So, Darren, you have lots of ideas, don't you, for, for alcoholic beverages as well as food and cakes and little bits and bobs to give away for Christmas. Yeah, and like you say, it's the thought that counts, and if you put mm. your heart and soul into it, it doesn't matter if it kills you. <laughs> doesn't matter how disgusting it is. You've thought about it, and that's what counts. Molly and Darren.
Do you know who we were? <laughs> So, Darren, you are going to profile the horse chestnut tree and conkers. Go ahead. Well, the horse chestnut folks. Spiky cases, gleaming seeds, celebrated by children. Horse chestnuts with their mahogany bright conkers are the very essence of autumn. Mature horse chestnut trees grow to a height of around about 40 metres and can live for up to 300 years. The bark is smooth and pinky grey when young, which darkens and develops scaly plates with age. Twigs are hairless and stout, buds are oval, dark red, shiny and sticky. Yeah, sticky buds, folks, that's what we all know the horse chestnut for. The horse chestnut is native to the Balkan Peninsula. It was first introduced to the UK from Turkey in the late 16th century and widely planted. Though rarely found in woodland, it's a common sight in parks, gardens, streets and village greens. The most famous use of the horse chestnut is the game of conkers. The first record of the game is from the Isle of Wight in 1848. Other uses of conkers include horse medicines, as additives in shampoos and as a starch substitute. They can even be ground to make conker flour. So we celebrate the horse chestnut at this time for its absolutely fabulous conkers that are brought to us during our autumn. There you go, the horse chestnut molly. Done. Brilliant, Darren. Well, shall we finish with some jobs for the week ahead? Yes. Now in the happy garden. Oh, I say, sweetie, this is my favourite bit. Time for Darren to be absolutely flabulous and regale us with his gardening jobs for the week ahead. Well, yes. Go. It's a fabulous time to plant, folks. Fruit trees and bushes of all kinds in your gardens. Remember, it's warm and wet, so it's a great time uh, to get them into the ground. Dig over your vegetable plots, remove old crops um, to the compost heap unless they're diseased and then just get rid of them in the normal refuge. Control weeds over the ground and that will be dug over later and spread compost and rotted manure, well-rotted manure, over your plots before you actually dig it in. For your greenhouse plants folks, remove all debris and dead plants and ventilate your greenhouse occasionally. Start to give it a good tidy out and water very little because you'll re reduce the uh, risk of grey mould disease. Set up frost protection if you're going to leave plants in there folks because it will come and be careful not to overwater house plants from now and let them drain. Just give them a rest and stop feeding. Finally, don't forget to mow the lawn on the odd occasion. Aerate, scarify, overseed and basically give that lawn a decent tidy through. And that's our jobs for the week, Molly. Well, I don't know about you, but I've had a thoroughly lovely time listening to that sweetie darling. I know that I will be having a crack at some of those jobs this week. Take care, everyone, and I'll see you next week for more absolutely rudgelicious gardening jobs for the week ahead. You're listening to the Happy Garden Podcast with Molly Green and Darren Rudge. Is that it? Can I go home now? Can I go home now? <laughs> Fabulous. <laughs> Can I go now? <laughs> We're nearly done. <laughs> we do need to say that uh, next week... 
Now, I've already recorded this. I've had uh, Paul Hetherington, who is Director of Fundraising and Communications at Bug Life. Bug Life, I just love because I love insects. I'm a budding entomologist, you know, Darren. I do absolutely love bugs. And of course, with the fruit flies in here, I've had problems with vine weevils, which I'll tell you about next week. Okay. The enormity of ladybirds. I don't know whether you've seen them in your gaff. Ladybirds and big... I think they're blue bottles. I'm not sure. Big house flies. Have you seen them this week as well? Yeah, they have. There's a lot of things uh, that have been around this yeah. week um, it, because of the weather. Exactly. It's all because of the heat, the unexpected heat that we're having in October. So Bug Life going to join us next week to talk about why why and how we have got all these things. What are they doing? Are they trying to hibernate? Are they, you know, we're going to find out all about why all these things seem to be appearing in our houses. So that's one for next week. You are more than welcome to get in touch if you've got any questions for our Darren for next week, the Happy Garden Podcast at gmail.com. Or of course, of course, Dazzler, we've got our Facebook page up and running, the Happy Garden Podcast at Facebook. And you've got yours running as well, the Laughing Gardener? Yes, it's there. If people want to log in, hey, it's the one in the blue shirt, folks. Oh. I must, must, because uh, I've got two or three profiles. Why? So, um, oh, business wise. Yeah, business wise, and I have a personal one as well. So, if you have oh. asked to be a friend of mine and I've not replied, it's because it's the wrong page. Look for me in a blue shirt. So there you go, Darren. Podcast six done. done. What are you doing now? Uh, do you really want to know? Yeah, go on. What are you doing now? <laughs> I'm writing study packs for my students. Oh. So I've got to go back to writing a study pack. And what does that but involve? Well, it's about garden design and it's it's about planting. Well, so you are an award-winning right. garden designer, oh, yes. so... <laughs> oh, yeah. So uh, what, you're, you're, you're teaching students how to do so? Yeah, yeah. So it's about planting design. So it's a study pack about planting design. Texture, rhythm, colour, all those sorts of things. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, it sounds right. I'll send you a copy. Yeah, yeah. That that would be great. <laughs> I've got to go and treat the uh, I've got to go and treat the roost bars for red mite and clean out two litter trays. Oh, oh there you go. Okay, great. Your life is full of fun. So is yours. <laughs> See you next week, Darren. See you next week. <laughs> Ta-da, Happy gardening. Ta-da. Bye. Ground control to Monty Don. He is the Happy Garden Podcast. They may... That's all right, do it again. He is... He is the Happy Garden Podcast. With Maul and Darren too. They made it just for you, so play it and please do. Listen to it and subscribe, like it, share it and subscribe.
And if you want more info on Tom and his trees, it's tomtheappleman.co.uk. And if you want more info on Tom, it's tomtheappleman.co.uk. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.